Hello and welcome to episode number 70 of the Hobbies and Happiness podcast, where we talk all about the hobby that makes us happy, tabletop gaming. I'm one of your hosts, Dan. And I'm Jim. And today we're going over three keys to a successful card game. All right, we got there. We, we struggled about how to word it. Like we know, we know, we know, we know what we're talking about. We know what we want to talk about, but it's like having to figure out exactly how to say it. It's like three keys, like Keyforge. Yeah, there we go. To win. (laughs) I just, I didn't even think about that because they had three keys. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So you know, we, you know, who we need to talk to is we need, we need to just talk to Richard Garfield. Yes. One day, Dan. <laughs> hashtag, day. hashtag Richard Garfield. Get yes. get Richard Garfield at, on the show. At Richard Garfield, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Spam him with this. Don't get crazy, though. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get into the episode, we need to talk about our sponsor, Amazon Audible. Yeah. All right. If you head over to our affiliate link, uh, www.audibletrial.com forward slash hobbies and happiness, you can sign up for a free 30-day trial of Amazon Audible. Where you can sign up for, once you sign up, you get a free audiobook added to your account. That's right, a free audiobook of your choosing, not just one, it's of your choosing. And what's even better, if you are an Amazon Prime member, you get two. That's right, two free books added to your account that you can use, you know, for anything. Um, so again, sign up today, free 30 day trial. And then if you want, if you don't like the service, you can cancel before the end of the 30 days, but you still get to keep those free credits on your account. You know, I actually have a f- quite a few credits on my Amazon account that oh, I need, yeah. that I need to, uh, f- <laughs> I need to find some good books to, uh, to redeem those credits for. Ah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and they're still there. They're, they don't go away as long as I have the service. Can you so. sell those credits on the blockchain? <laughs> Uh, no, unfortunately, uh, no, you can't. Uh, one day, one, <laughs> one day, day, Dan. Yeah. One day. So anyway, uh, head over to our affiliate link, www.audibletrial.com forward slash hobbies and happiness to sign up for your free 30-day trial today. All right, so um, today's topic. Um, Card of the week. <laughs> oh, we're not at that point. <laughs> we're not there yet. Okay. So today's topic uh, got spurred on by a conversation I had with a community member in the Disney Lorcana HQ Discord. Okay. <laughs> it seems like a lot of uh, our podcast topics are coming from conversations from there. And that's, and I'm here for it, guys. I am absolutely <laughs> here for it. And I even made a comment. I was like, uh, thank you for the, uh, a podcast topic. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to add it to my long list. Um, and so, you know, we were, we were, what we were talking about was, you know, um, based obviously about Lorcana, right. Mm-hmm. And how we want to succeed and how I'm, you know, I'm very excited. I'm hyped, but I'm also trying to maintain like composure, composure like um, a level head and realistic yeah. take on it, right? Because again, it's something where I want it to succeed, right? Yeah. And because I want it to succeed, I, I think I think that there are certain things that the game should do, right? Mm-hmm. And so like, I, that's kind of what I'm looking for, right? And so um, I, I think the, the, um, uh, the person I was talking to didn't have, I don't think they had a lot of experience in card games, okay. um, but they're just, you know, very excited and hyped for it. Yeah. So we were talking about Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> and the big three. Um, and then we got on to a topic of, uh, we were talking about deck building and cracking packs. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about cost, right? And so somebody made the comment about um, rarities and how, well, there's no rares. There, therefore, 
it was an expensive card. Mm. And so my my response was, well, rarities don't dictate cost. Yeah. Like the, the rarity itself, right? Bulk mythics. <laughs> right, right. I mean, because because there's a lot of, there are a lot of factors that factor into the cost of a card. You know, we yeah. talked either uh, last week, um, I think we, it was I think it was last week or the week before, we talked about secondary markets mm-hmm. on the show, right? And so, um, you know, one thing we, we touched on a lot in that episode was the metagame, yep. right? The, because the market looks heavily at the metagame and yep. the metagame influences cost of cards, mm-hmm. right? And so the metagame does not really care about the rarity of a card. Mm-hmm. It cares about how many people are playing that card and is it a good card? Yep. And like, that's kind of a list too. It, it's because one influences the other, right? Like how good of it how if the card's good, we'll dictate how many people are playing the card. Mm. If it's a terrible mythic, it's not going to be playable. <laughs> like, and that's what you really look at is you look at the playability of a card. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's more than just looking at a single card because, right. like, it can be good, but there, if there's no other cards that can synergize well with it, right. there's not a control deck that can play it good enough, and it's just like it's a good card. Go play it in Commander. It's yeah. not good in modern. It's yeah. not good in standard. Right, right, right. So, right. so you know, we, we we talked about that a little bit. And mm-hmm. then, you know, I said, well, the, the price of card or the rarity does not dictate price. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's more, there are a 100%. lot, there are a lot more factors that factor into that, right, yeah. itself. And so we got onto the topic of cost. And then we were talking about uh, collectability, mm-hmm. okay, collectability of cards. Because again, if you're in, if you're in the card game space at all, like you are definitely, into the collectability aspect one way or another, yeah. right? I Either you're forced into it, right? Like if you're, because if you enjoy playing the game, mm-hmm. you are collecting cards. Period, end of story, you are. Like yep. whether whether or not you're collecting it for the sake of collecting it itself, right? Or right. you're collecting the cards to be put in certain decks. Yep. You are still collecting the cards, okay? 100%. So throughout that conversation, you know, we, we got onto the topic of like collectability and then playability. And then I was like, dude, I have there there's a perfect podcast topic here. Okay. <laughs> and so I'm like, well, I'm like, uh, thank you for the uh, episode <laughs> for the <laughs> topic idea. And so I really thought like everything that we were talking about is what really goes into making a successful card game. And so I've I've got three things, okay, mm-hmm. three ingredients, three keys, and like I initially I initially use the word ingredients, right? Yeah. But then I'm like, is it really an ingredient though? Because these three things that we're going to talk about are it, it's very difficult to be like, well, I'm just going to throw that in there, and yeah. then boom, out you know out pops a successful game, right? <laughs> Like it's, it's kind of design choices. There's, there's a lot that goes into it and you'll see. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, so that's what we're going to talk about. Okay. So there, there's three main aspects. The first aspect uh, is arguably the most important. It, I think it's arguably the most important. Okay. And that's playability. Okay. If you do not have a game that's playable, it will not succeed. I, I think Pokemon when it first came out, kind of got around this and see and that's why i said no and, but see, and that's it. why i said arguably like <laughs> as we get into this like this is so ex- i feel like i feel like this is so nuanced yeah, yeah. it really is it's like even majority of people that collect pokemon still have no clue how to play it right and so <laughs> and so one of the things too that is like 
these these different aspects are yeah. different but also similar but they're also yeah. they're like all important yeah they really are important <laughs> right but but one really really doesn't play into an, the other yeah they're all they're each three of these are very separate yeah. right it is important for yes. a card game correct yes. correct but pokemon's a different monster because it's just like they were first coming out as a video game, yeah. and then they were like, "Oh, well, you got to catch them all, right?" And then yeah. people started liking these yeah. monsters. Yeah, more you and more. you had you had that massive IP, yeah, already, yeah. So that massive IP was already in place, and that's again why we've really leaned heavy into Pokemon when yeah. we talk about Lorcana. Yeah, because I mean, I I feel like the similarities from the games are just so very obvious. Like not even, not, not, let me rephrase that because again, we don't know anything about the game of Lorcana itself. Right. But it's just everything that's already known and around the game makes it seem. And what literally what you just said, right. You know, got to catch them all. um, Just, it's just that IP is so massive and already the fan base is already there. Yep. Okay. 100%. So, but again, when when we talk about the game itself, okay, so Pokemon, the TCG as a game, mm-hmm. okay, I don't think the game would still be around. May I, I it's okay, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, it. I don't think the, the, the TCG would still be around if it was not playable. I really think so. So why I definitely think it's at least a little bit correct is because there were other cards of Pokemon that were like taking still shots of the movies or of the TV show. And those aren't really even a thing anymore. Those first came out in like early 2000, late 90s, and they kind of just stopped making those, those sorts no, of cards. They Okay. Now, for are you saying just from the art aspect? I'm just saying like that specific... So let's say uh, the TCG didn't have a card game, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it was just making those cards exactly like how they they were, were taking the, the skill shot or the still frame okay. of the movies or sure. the show or just showing you the artwork and like mm-hmm. a little background, blah, 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 yeah. Yeah. and a description on the back of saying something about it. Those fell off. Those mm, were yeah, no yeah, longer yeah. continued. I, okay. I see what you're and saying. And then they continued yeah. the TCG. Yeah, yeah, I see. Could it also have been a thing of, oh, they were like competing with each other? I don't Maybe. know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. So, uh, but I see what you're saying. Yeah. And, and, and also, like, that was the early 2000s yeah. model of TCGs. Yeah. Okay. You had all of these IPs making card games. Okay. Yeah. So, like, another good one um, is. The Lord of the Rings TCG. Okay, mm-hmm. I don't know much about this. However, Team Covenant recently, they I think they just finished up a series. Well, they just finished up a series of going through, uh, uh, go, going through some boxes yeah. and building decks and playing through it. Okay, okay, and that's kind of how I know about it. Yeah, um, is through their content. I was just remembering their Yu Gi Oh live stream. Sorry. Oh yeah. <laughs> It was great. Dude, that was great. Zach, <laughs> watching Zach and Steven play Yu-Gi-Oh! was just... Dude, like, they were so, so great. They, they were, like, on turn two, and I could tell in their eyes and in their how they were speaking, they were just done. They were so <laughs> done with Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> 
You know what? They they tried. <laughs> I know. Like they put in the effort and they tried. tried. Yu-Gi-Oh is not a game where two beginners can just no, go learn to play no, the game. You no. need to have someone to teach you that game. And that and that's why I think it, I that's why I think I thought it was fun was because yeah. I had you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so that would have been completely different yeah. for me. And if, they would have enjoyed goat format a lot more yeah. than they were yeah, then, playing correct. retail. I don't know what you want to call the, it. The the, the the structured X, those yeah. retail structured X basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But but anyway, like um go, going back to what we we're talking about for Team Covenant, right? Yeah. They were playing the Lord of the Rings TCG. Okay. So, and like, there were so many IPs mm. back then just, oh, you know what? We're going to get in on this and make a card game. <laughs> and so many of them died. So many of them died. So many. So, and, so, and again, I think because they were, they didn't hit all three of these things. Okay. Yeah. Like they did not hit all three of these points and play a bit. Like I'm the type of player where I care as a consumer and as a player, playability is my biggest takeaway like that's yeah. what i'm looking for the most mm -hmm. is the playability yeah i enjoy collecting i enjoy the foiling you know you know how the the different cards look right mm -hmm. but different for, variants correct whatever. for me i'm all about the playability mm -hmm. i love doing the synergies looking at all different synergies deck building yep. the playability is what concerns me as a consumer and as a player the most another form of utility for these cards like exactly that is the main utility for these cards correct correct you, you know you go look at beanie babies you go look at precious moments you now look mm -hmm. at funko pops there's mm -hmm. not really like a use for them other than it's just a collector collectible. piece yeah it's just a collectible yeah yeah, yeah. so um, and it's, it's, it is very, it is very much so a huge part having that playability aspect with these cards. Definitely. I could see the whole thing of arguably the most important. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. But as, as I was going through these, I, I really thought, you know, I, I was trying to take my opinion and my bias out of it. Right. Mm -hmm. But then, but then looking at how these, all three of these, they, they are very different. And yeah. they're all three very important. Which is most important depends on who you're talking to in the process. Yeah. If you're talking to a player, they're going to say one thing. Yeah. If you're talking to someone who just collects the cards or whatever, they're going to yep. say something different. Yep. If you're talking to the people making it, well, they're going to say something different mm -hmm. based off of kind of what lens they're viewing this thing through. Yep. So um, – but again, like playability is so big. And that's why – I don't know if I mentioned – mentioned it um no i think i did but i also view this from playability as also mm -hmm. accessibility okay yeah. because i think those two they go hand in hand a little bit okay if i i in order for me to be able to play the game and when i say accessibility okay I, accessibility is one of those um key not keywords but it's one of those like Words that have been used to mean different things, okay? Um, I don't mean accessibility from a financial standpoint, yeah. okay? Um, however, you could you could use it in that sense, okay? When I say accessibility, I actually – accessibility was actually one of my entire episode ideas, the term uh, accessibility, okay. okay? And maybe we'll dive into this deeper in a later episode. Hmm. But when I say accessibility, what I am meaning is am I able – when I sit down at the table, am I able to learn this game relatively easily, 
Yeah. Okay. Like if I can't understand how the game works and operates, then I'm not going to play the game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That could also just be the playability, like how Cur- easy it that, is to get into. And that's why I that's said, why and that's why I said they go kind of yeah. hand in hand. Yeah. Okay. Um, because I mean, I think you, you and I both have played ex- games that are extremely complex. Yeah. And like you've got the rule book, and you're like, okay, what? Yeah. This doesn't make it. No, I, so dude, many. I still don't get it. You yeah. know, like that's happened plenty of yeah. times. Mm-hmm. And so, if somebody sits down to play a game and they and they don't understand how to play it, they're not going to play it. No, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's why I say accessibility, and that's why I think they kind of yeah. go hand in hand. Yeah. Um. So that's that is the first ingredient or key. Oh, uh, one thing I was going to add. So, sure. like you were just saying, unless like if if brand new players go into a game that is very com- complex, it's going to be rough for them, right? Like yeah. we've done this a few times, yeah. Um, and it was it wasn't great, mm-hmm. but right, the whole thing of having someone who is very knowledgeable in it, like we were talking about yeah. earlier with the Yu-Gi-Oh stuff, yes. yeah. right? It was just exact prime example with Team Covenant and with us when you were playing. Correct. And yes. and there have been multiple times where when I was working at Grapple, there would be new people that came into a game mm-hmm. and they'd want to know how to play something. Yeah. And, and I would go over there. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've played this before, but I'm still trying to refresh my memory <laughs> yeah. on it because yeah. I it's been a little bit since yeah. I played it kind yeah. of this kind of uh have an idea of what it is Mm -hmm. but then i i started learning that of it's like okay well now they're not paying so much attention and it's the same thing with my family when i would want to play a game with them some new game that i thought was fun i didn't really remember everything but i started looking for these games that were ridiculously easy Mm -hmm. to get into yeah especially if i wasn't there and since I played it a lot, it was now so much easier to get them in it mm-hmm. and along with it already being basic enough. Yeah. Yeah. So those are like really key things to be finding in um, in games that you're looking to play. And honestly, like everything you just said is kind of everything that we want for yeah. hobbies and happiness, like as a yeah. channel and when we open our store. Yeah. Is like we want to be there. We want it to cultivate and develop these communities, mm-hmm. not just around one game. Yeah, no. Okay, no. and that's why I've we've we have talked in the past about focusing niching down our content around mm-hmm. one specific game. Yeah, like I, I don't. It's difficult. It's it's diff like. And I understand, like, there are plenty of creators who do that to yeah. to very to much success, yeah. to very much success. But I don't think, like, for us, because again, we're all about the community aspect, yeah. right? And yes, you can have a a community built around one game, okay? Yeah. But when you talk about like IRL communities, right? Mm-hmm. You're not really going to be around one single game, yeah. Okay? No. Like even in Magic, like a lot of a lot of the Grapple community, for mm-hmm. instance, a lot of us were, you know, heavily invested and built around the Magic community, yeah. okay? But there were so many other communities the that Yu-Gi-Oh went community to was Grapple. pretty big, yeah. The Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. community, Pokemon community as well. No, we I mean, really it wasn't huge. Community. It wasn't huge, but there were still people who yeah. came and played. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. True. And again, like I, as as a business owner, right? Mm-hmm. If I have a sh- shop, right? I don't want two people who come in and play a game feel like they're not welcome. Yep. I want them to sit, be able to sit down at a table, yeah. enjoy their game, and yep. then grow that community there. Yeah. 
Because think about it, right? Like you walk into a store mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, hey, me and my friend were uh, new to the area. We've been playing this game. Uh, do you play it? And they're just like, oh, no, I don't. And the- you could have some seats if you want. <laughs> yeah, and, the, and that's where the conversation ends. And like, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah exactly. Yeah, or if I didn't know about it, I'd be like, oh, I'd love to see what it is. Absolutely. You know, like Absolutely. go talk to mm-hmm. them, ask questions about certain yes. things. Yes. And uh, just just have a, an amazing time learning some stuff yeah. you just had no clue about. Yeah. And and that was a big thing for me, too. Like when I and when if you like something from it. Yeah. Or you could like. I don't, I don't even know, right? Like say say at some point we design our own game, mm-hmm. right? And it's like this game we've never seen or heard of, mm-hmm. they kind of fix the problem that we've had with these other games. And we're like, oh, now we can add this to yeah, it. Yeah. Or you could then be like, oh, I know I know Brady would love this game. I know Noah would yeah, love yeah, this game. Right. And then show them the game. Right. So and, and they and they go to their parts of the of of the community, right? Yeah, and yeah. they get their friends like, oh, dude, check this out. Yeah, yeah. And then they grow their friend base or their other yeah. community as well. Yeah. It's just, I, I, you know, like at because everything just revolves around kindness and community. Yeah, right. It, it really does. And that was my big thing. Like when I would go into these stores and like I was a, <laughs> like a good example, Star Wars Destiny. Right. Yeah. When I was first getting to this, uh, Star Wars Destiny was a thing, and then it died shortly thereafter. Right. Yeah. I'd have conversations asking people, you know, these owners or these people in the store who are working, questions. Oh, nah, I, I, I don't know. I, you know, I yeah. don't know what it is. Like that. That's it. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> like. <laughs> oh, you guys don't sell any guys, of it. Oh, yeah. we got a box. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like you got to keep going, like yeah. get more information, be like, oh yeah. no, I've never heard of this. What, tell me about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So any, anyway. You um, can't know everything. No, no. But you can definitely start learning about. Mm-hmm. Right. At right. least even a little bit of all right. the stuff in here. And like, and that also say. doesn't, that also doesn't mean like you're trying to be a jack of all trades. Like you can still specialize in a thing. Yeah. yeah. Like for sure. Um, but doesn't mean you should shut everything else out. Yeah, it's a fi- it's a fine line. It's there's definitely nuance there for sure. Yeah, but that's just at least our point of view and our standpoint. <laughs> so, all right. Well, the next thing, the next key is collectability. We've talked about this yes. a little bit already, um, kind of but <laughs> especially in these TCGs and yeah. CCGs, it's literally part of the name, right? Collectability. You, you the game needs to be collectible. Yeah. I think I think if you are making a card game that is not collectible, you are I don't want to say doomed to fail because that's not necessarily true, okay? Yeah. It's not. But I think it I think you are make going to make it harder for yourself. Yeah. Okay? As a publisher, as a designer, I think you are going to make it um a little bit harder for yourself. Now, I know that there are designers who specifically Chose a different model. For example, Ashes Reborn. Um, believe the creator Isaac Vega. Okay, yeah. um, specifically talked about how he did not want to make a collectible card game because when he was when he was younger, he remembers not being able to afford packs or, or whatever the case may be, um, and so he didn't want his players to have to go through that. So he specifically made the choice of making it a 
um, an expandable card game. Okay. So like, and, and I can respect and understand when there are creators who specifically make those choices for Mm -hmm. their game. Okay. However, okay. Um, two, multiple things can be true at the same time. Okay. I also think that when you're talking about the card game market, the minute you say it's not a TCG and it's not a CCG, People are already getting a different thought and view in their mind before, you know, beforehand. They've already been like, all right, well, then now I'm thinking about this completely differently. (laughs) Okay. For better or for worse. Like, I think, I think that's just the reality of, of the market. It really is. You know, you know, it's, it, I don't, unfortunate, fortunate, good, bad, whatever. It's the reality. It takes a part kind of some of my favorite stuff about these card correct. games. Correct. <laughs> correct. Because once you once you say it is not collectible, I mean that means a lot. That means actually multiple different things, okay? Mm-hmm. So number 1, okay, if you're saying it's not collectible, okay, it goes from a TCG or a CCG to now an expandable card game or a living card game, okay? Yeah. Main difference that we've talked about this plenty of times before, right? With these TCGs and CCGs, it's you are gambling. You are buying a booster pack, okay? And you're, That's not my favorite part. It's not no, the no, gambling. No, no, no yeah, <laughs> right, right. But uh, again, the reality, yeah, okay, is yeah. you kind of are, right? Because it's, yeah. it's the booster pack, it's right? It's definitely gambling. It's, you know... It, it, it is, right? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> right? So you're cracking packs, tr- seeing what you pull, okay? And honestly, like, and people don't crack packs, like, for gambling. They just, yeah. what am I going to get? What am I going to get? And they're, most of the time, they're just, they're happy with what they get, right? Oh, really? Uh, well, okay. I should not, not say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, I should say that. <laughs> but what but but what I'm saying, I think what I was trying to say was, like, it's just the joy of cracking packs. Yeah. yeah. It really like, is. Regardless, you get something to yeah. where it's like, yeah. oh, I just got literally yeah. nothing. Yeah. Doing a spin on a yeah. slot machine. <laughs> or like when you went to Vegas, you did the roulette <laughs> wheel. <laughs> yeah, I put $11 on black on roulette, and I lost it all. I lost so much money, $11. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so 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 again, if you take away the collectability, it is now an expandable card game. Yeah. Okay? You, like, that's the, only, that's the only way to do it, okay? If you're saying it is not collectible – then what you're doing is, okay, then you should be able to buy X amount of products. And when you buy X amount of products, you have every single card. Okay. Um, As far as I know, those are the only models, the booster model and an expandable card game model. Those are the only models that I'm aware of. It's either packs where you don't know what you're getting or you get everything out of the pack. Or for the the box or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's what Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, right, right, right. yeah, I don't. Hmm. I don't think that I don't think there's any other really way to do it. Okay, so yeah. when you when you completely remove the collectability aspect, we're, the the other key slash ingredient we're going to talk about is also kind of limited as well. Okay, yeah. and we'll talk about it a little bit later. Okay, but if you remove and and when I say okay, I, I sh- because I'm I'm going to talk about uh, some other aspects of collectability here in a second. Okay. Um, but when we sit, when I say collectability now, what I'm referring to is kind of rarity rarities. Okay. And you know, you're, you're more likely to see commons and uncommons more than you are to see rares and mythics or whatever the rarity level is. In a standard magic pack, it's like 
either nine or ten commons, three uncommons, and, and like then a rare. one rare, and then a token. Uh, one token. rare slash mythic yeah. and a token. And then if it's nine commons, and then you get a foil card. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You get another right, right. One of those is a foil. Yeah. It could be any rarity. Yes. Yeah. Because it's just the foil card that takes place. It's all. It is. Common. It's no. I've gotten, <laughs> and and these were not in collector's packs either. Okay. It I the it's always a nice feeling when you open a pack. Okay, you go through all your commons, get all your commons, yeah. uncommons. You get a mythic, and then you get a rare foil. Yeah. So I thought what you were saying was the foil would just be a common. Foil. No, it replaces the common oh, slot. Understood. Understood. Yeah. Understood. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, it can be anything, yeah, but yeah, it replaces right. the common right, slot. Right. But it's always it. It's such a nice feeling when you get. Oh yeah. Like a mythic, like <laughs> you get two mythics or two rares or whatever. Oh yeah, it's great. It's so nice. It's so, so great. great. Yeah. Uh, value. Talk <laughs> about value, right? <laughs> it's free value. Estate. What are you talking about? You just buy. You just open in packs, man. <laughs> These packs have value. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So if you remove the rarity system, okay, yeah. that is one way of removing collectability. Okay. Because yeah. one of the things that in the, in the conversation I was, ref- I was referencing at the beginning of the episode, one of the me- comments – that was made was, well, what if you just remove all the rarities and they just make everything in common? Like, I mean, okay, you do that, it's now an expandable card game, essentially. Essentially, yeah. Es- essentially, <laughs> right? You're just giving yourself higher chance to now be getting whatever that mythic rare is or right. the rare. Right, right. There, again, I, I, I want to also, again, mention that this, this – t- conversation like about collectability is kind of very nuanced because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of different aspects okay so we're we're just now talking about like the the collectability of the rarity level yeah right and the rarity level doesn't mean it's a good or a bad card okay there can be and there's plenty of bulk mythics that are just unplayable cards that are just very bad Okay. Yeah, there's a couple of commons and uncommons that are more money than a lot Correct. of mythics Correct. and a lot of rares. And somebody in and, and that conversation, somebody was asking about the cost of a, <laughs> of a common. I'm like, dude, there's commons that are like four or five dollars. Yeah, yeah. Because it's they're like just played every, in every deck. It's like every lightning bolt is like two dollars at least. Yep. And mm-hmm. that's and it's been printed how many times? <laughs> so many times. Yeah, exactly. So many times. Right, right. So yeah. I think I think these card games have to be collectible in one sense yeah. or another. Okay. And I think the most important form of collectability is the rarity system in one way or another. There Ooh. are cards that need to be more rare than other cards. Okay. Yeah. Um, because again, this is all going to play into to the last point. Okay. But the other thing, and I would be absolutely remiss if we did not talk about this, but the different types of cards, okay? The different type, the alternate arts, the holofoils, the secret layers, the collector's sets, the full <laughs> arts, okay? Well, secret layers are different, Dan. Come on. They are, but they're still alternate arts. Yeah, yeah, sure. 100%. It, it is different arts. So, okay, but what do you mean when you said oh, they're, oh, they're I different? Was, I was meaning Cash like, grabs? Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. That's not like opening a pack or... No, it's, no, it's not. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, it's okay. not. But yeah, that's it, still where my, my, my yeah, mind was. Yeah, it, it, it still is just a alternate 
art version of a card. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it, it, it's a premium product that if you want to pay the money, you can get it. Yeah. Okay. And people complain about them, but they still buy them all the they time. They still buy them. They still buy them. Like I don't, for the life of me, I've bought a few secret layers because yeah. I thought the cards looked really cool. Yeah. I'm like, I want to get it. Yeah. Or, Same. or, or I just buy the single on the secondary market. Yep. Because I only want the one card. Yep. Like when I was building um, my modern deck, okay, I got this. I got the secret layer um, primeval titans. Ah, yeah. I got I got a full yeah. play set. I'm like, I want those ones in the deck. <laughs> there was and a, I did. There's only one secret layer I got into. That was the fetches. Oh yeah, Bought a full place. <laughs> yeah, I got the um, the Bob Ross arts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the lands. Mm-hmm. Those were nice. I also like the full text. Oh, the lands. full text ones? Yes. Yeah, those yes, are super those are cool. So cool. <laughs> they like Very explain cool. what tapping yeah, exactly. is and like exactly. the color or whatnot. Yes. It's so cool. Yeah. So secret layers are 100% an alternate art version of a card. Yeah. Okay. Now, it is It is also, is it a cash grab by Wizards of the Coast? Absolutely. Again, 100%. Single or the secondary market for right. singles. They are. 100%. But again, they... I mean, Wizards, okay, you can talk bad about Wizards all you want. They clearly know what they're doing. They clearly know what they're doing. What's that What's that new, uh, like, mystery pack thing they did at Magic 30? What, and $200, they were like, $250 booster and they were packs? like, you can get a, a Black Lotus pulled in here, but it's like a collector's edition one with the gold border around it. So yeah. it's not playable it's in not anything. It's not playable, yeah. But you can have it. Dude, I, you know what? I also want to know. Yeah. How they, how did they make this work legally? Because they reprint, they basically they reprinted reserveless cards. Yeah, yeah, they did. So how? Did, so you can't play them, right? Like that. That must that must be how they. You got still have it. to have the originals to play them in uh, in vintage. Yes. Yeah. I wonder if that's how they got around I it. I believe so. Because um, <laughs> there's been, I mean, the people who collect those cards, yeah. like they're okay. Like it or not, reserve list is not going anywhere legally because again, it's a it's a legal thing. Yeah. Now it could it. I mean, it, it could. I I looked a little bit more into it, and it was like it kind of comes down to the judge at that point. It's yes. like them saying that is like a because uh, because my understanding is Wizards no of the contract Coast, agreement. Yeah. Essentially, my my understanding is Wizards of the Coast essentially made a promise, and they said yeah. we're not going to reprint that, these cards because yeah. of that promise. Is one of the reasons these cards are valued yes. at at where they are, yeah. and so if they break that promise, the value of those cards goes so from here, boom, real fast, and the people who own them will lose a ton of money. Yeah. Well, okay, a but ton it, of but, money. but but here's the thing. No, but here's the thing though. They're not going to lose the money because it's not going to be uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not appreciated, but not realized because if they don't sell it that's what that's when the value gets realized oh right right so just don't get rid of your card yeah you don't lose <laughs> well but again value but well but again if if you bought these cards by opening packs back yeah. in the 90s yeah you didn't spend thousands of dollars yeah. on them no, right no. You just got Except most you of the got time, lucky those aren't the people that are still holding on to or have these cards right now I think I would say no, most yeah, of them yeah, they I sold agree. throughout the I years, agree. and the people holding them now are the ones who bought them. Have, uh, at, at, exorb, at exorbitant yeah. amounts, yeah. for sure. No, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. 
Yeah. But all all I'm saying is your value is not realized until you sell the thing yeah. you're looking to sell. Like <laughs> if that's the point your your value is realized. Yeah. Okay. Everything in between is hypothetical. Essentially. Yeah. It's, it's all not, negotiable. At yeah. That point, right. <laughs> right. Right. right <laughs> Everything's right, right. negotiable. Right. 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 So, but. Okay, so all of these different arts, like when I was having that conversation, right? Somebody was saying like, like, oh, sixteen different hollow hollow foil versions of the cards. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, that's a good thing. Like, I think it's a good thing. And they're like, no, it dilutes the market. I'm like, no, they just said dilution. I'm like, I'm like, you're not really diluting. I mean, if anything, you. I'm like, it's not dilution. Like, I don't, I, I don't know what we're diluting. I'm like, if but, you have different versions, uh, yeah. like different art versions yeah. of the same card i mean i don't think that's diluting anything yeah no because it's at that point right like the people who will take any of them right will go with the the cheapest copy of it correct but, but like we can look at um i don't i don't want to say lightning bolt specifically well i mean there's a lot of copies yeah, of lightning bolt sure, for and sure. it's still like two dollars yeah. per copy yeah. which isn't which isn't a lot of money, right. but there are copies out there that are a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And if you had mm -hmm. one a printing of a card, but every single printing of it was a completely different variant, yep. like completely different artwork or if it was foil or full art, whatever it is, like those – whatever the cheapest one is still going to be expensive mm -hmm. unless there's like some crazy thing with the card that just made the artwork so much better. Yeah. Well, let's look at, let's look at the Lorcana cards, right? Yeah. Those D23 cards, are those going to be reprinted? Yes, they are. Yeah. Okay. They're not going to be re reprinted in that way. Yeah. It's not going to have a D23 stamp. It's not going to have that foiling process. Yeah. Okay. But those are variants of the cards. Now, I don't think the value, the value of those cards is not going to be, I'm saying it right now, the value of the D23 cards. As a whole. And individually. Okay. And individually. And individually. I don't think those values are going to either – I don't think they're going to decrease based on the how they perform in the game, okay? Because, again, they are collector's pieces. They're not – they are game pieces, but those cards in particular are going to be used – the utility of those cards is going to be collector's pieces, not game pieces. So because of that is why I think – the value of the D23 cards is not going to be dependent upon their performance in the game and how the game functions. If we're saying individually, I, I would think it would go down because why I'm saying is like, say the, say what's the, what the Mickey one's the most expensive. What I think so. Like I think a couple so. grand or something. I think so. So like if, if that turns out to be like the, weakest one of the bunch mm -hmm. from it being the most expensive i could definitely see it going down um sure the whole thing like not, i can not see by a it. lot i don't i don't think it's going to be like oh it's two grand now it's down to like 50 bucks yeah right like i don't see that happening mm -hmm. as as a general for rule for all of these cards as a whole um i could i definitely think that the meta for them won't adjust the price as a whole yeah yeah um, you're, but you're, individual you're cards, saying, you're saying as I could set. definitely you're see saying a drop. As a set? Yeah, as a set. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, which which makes sense because again, at that point, you're you are looking at different. They're they're different. Like either like if yeah. you're looking at it as a set or individually, that's yeah. a very different thing you're talking about. Yeah. 
Okay, because again, collectors, collectors are looking at full sets. Yeah. If there's well, a if set to be had, if there's oh, a man. set to be had, they want the full set. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I mean, yeah. From that standpoint, the value, the value of the set is will not <laughs> significantly decrease based on the meta. Yeah. Um. But it, it, we'll see. We will see. I just, I really don't think the meta is gonna. I don't think the meta is gonna have much to do with the prices of the D23 cards. And again, I, the reason I say that is like I mentioned, I think they are collector's pieces. Um, they're collector's pieces more than their game pieces, I should say. I do think if- And that's how I think they're gonna be viewed. I do think if they are more meta though, I could definitely see those cards being up because there are people that wanna get max rarity on their cards. For for Yu-Gi-Oh, that that is a huge oh thing for sure yeah, yeah no I got you I, so yes, max rarity correct. hunters like correct. if the card's good they're going to I get understand. those cards yeah if you're building a deck and you want to bling it out because yeah. that's that and that's what they say basically yeah. is they want to bling out their deck they want the rarest form of that card yes. that's available on the market in their deck so I would definitely say yeah meta okay. will define some of these that's card prices. true that's true and dude like that point just goes to show you that this conversation is there's so many different aspects yeah. that you can talk about. Yeah. So yeah. And, and again, and that is going to depend upon the player base Yeah. and like what kind of players are playing Lorcana. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's, what's going to drive that. For, for Yu-Gi-Oh, it's a bit different than for magic, right? Because like aside from variants, you have non-foil and then you have foil. Yeah. Right. For Yu-Gi-Oh, you have common, Rare, which just gives you shiny letters on uh, on the name, right? The rest of the card isn't foiled at all. Okay. Then super rare, the name of the card is just in basic black, black text, and the photo of the card is foil. You go to ultra rare, well, now you have gold foiling letters and foiling on the card. You also then have gold foiling cards, which mm -hmm. gives you a trim that's gold, secret rare, ultimate rare, ghost rare. So you have all of these different kind of cards for it. You could play it at all common rarity, mm -hmm. but sometimes, you know, sometimes you want to bling out your deck. Now in Yu-Gi-Oh, there are rarities of the cards themselves, right? Not the rarities, yeah. not just not just the foiling or the level of the foiling of the card. So that pretty much defines like the rarity of the card. Okay. So, but a card can be printed in every single one of those. Mm, yeah, yeah, right. So, right. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Kind of like how Magic could make a card that was uh, uncommon and then print it as a common so that way it's playable and popper. Gotcha. So, gotcha. which they okay. tend to do every now yeah, and again. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Um, so, I, I want to ask you like, having all of these, like, what? I mean, again, we, we look at Magic because I think Magic is is the game that does this the most. Well, I mean, Pokemon does too, okay? But having all of these different types of printings, the different art versions, the variants, the different yeah. foiling, when you look at Pokemon, all these different hollow foils, mm -hmm. is that good for T the TCG in question? Is having all of those different variants of the cards, is that a good thing I mean, I mean, the question is like for the health of the game. Like, is that a good thing for the game itself? So I think for Pokemon, it's a bit different because they're using the same monster for these multiple different things, but the effects are also then different. But that's not what I'm well. asking. Okay, that's okay. actually not what I'm asking. Okay. I'm asking. It's the same card, okay. just printed in multiple different versions. Oh, okay. Different I arts, different. Um, 
Good full arts collectors. Yeah, the, the, the game in like the game as a whole. Uh, the the I, game, the product, I should say, is I probably a better way to. I'd say play. so, because when you have like these lottery cards or cards mm-hmm. you're trying to go hunt for and mm-hmm. opening these packs, mm-hmm. and like you, that kind of also then just adds to the secondary market of mm-hmm. there's now more packs being opened. I I agree. So yeah, I, I'd say I abs- it's good. I absolutely, I absolutely agree. La- um, I think it was last week or the week before we were talking about like hype, okay, yeah. and how like. And I, I did say, like, hype can be good or bad, but hype in and of itself, like, it means excitement. Yeah. So, um, like, I don't know. Like, can hype be bad? I mean, like, like by itself, I don't think – maybe it can't be bad. Like, I think it can be. So, okay. Explain. So. Because <laughs> <laughs> I thought I um, – because I heard myself say that. I'm like, yeah. wait, can it, can it be, though? I think it can be because it's, it's not – it is definitely an excitement level, right? Sure, sure. Um, and one thing I've learned from MMOs, uh, I've been playing them for a bunch of years, and I'm always super hyped when a new one comes out. Yeah, right. But if the game can't live up to that hype level, if so many people are causing it to be up here, but yeah. the game's down here, people are like, what's going on? This yeah, game's terrible. Right. It's not what you promised us, right. blah, 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 blah. Right. So I can definitely see it being a detriment to games sometimes. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, so, because, like... In and of itself, like hype, will like means you're 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 expecting yeah. a certain level, okay. Yeah. And so if you like, if the hype is so high on a product, yeah. and the game itself doesn't live up to it, like the cre- like the marketing team basically, because let's be honest, I think the marketing team is is are the driving forces behind hype for the most part, right? Yeah. Typically, not all the time, but typically, okay. Community has a lot to do with it. Well, yeah, well. yeah, yeah, right, for <laughs> sure, for sure. And so, if 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 all this hype is being generated before games release, okay, mm-hmm. and this is partly why I've I'm trying to maintain a level head when it comes to Lorcana, yeah. right? Because I am excited, but I don't want the hype for everyone to be here, <laughs> and then the game is even like here, yeah. right? But just it doesn't reach it yeah. because if the game doesn't reach that level then I think it would be it's going to be widely considered a failure. Yeah. I'm not talking about specifically Lorcan. I'm just saying in general. Yeah. Right. The other thing that about it is, right, like why say your hype level wants you to be up here, right? But you're kind of trying to be level headed, relaxed with it, trying to really think about it. It's so much more tiring to have that excitement level for a long period yeah. of time. Right. And we're still a year away. Yeah. From yeah. being able to have this game, there's no way you're going to be able to, ma- maintain, to maintain that level. This yes, this correct. high level correct. of excitement for correct. it when we're so far away. Correct. Absolutely. You know, just like take it easy. Just wait till they give us more information. You know, be happy with it. Yeah. Still keep living life. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, continuing that's, forward. That's why it's always. It's, that's why it's always nice to like when you the first time you find out about a game and then it's like. Yeah. Yeah, you'll have it next month. It's like, what? <laughs> I mean, that because that's happened. That's yeah. happened plenty yeah. of times before. Yeah. Um, especially in the video game world, yeah. right? Um, 
then that's usually PCs. That's not AAA games. It's usually not AAA games. AAA I've been, titles. I've been following this MMO for five years. Yeah. And yep. <laughs> uh, so many people super excited about it. And I definitely was like super stoked for yeah. when it came out. And I'm yeah. really excited for it. Yeah. But I also know that, okay, even if the game is just okay, I'm I'm fine with that. Yeah. I don't yeah. need it to be some crazy outlandish game mm-hmm. that yeah. is going to completely take over my life right. and ruin it. I'm like, right. I don't want that to yeah, happen. Right, right. I like where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So so going back to the question I asked you, um, you know, and if we forgot, the question was, yeah, is having is having all these different versions of the same card good oh, or bad yeah. for the game? I think it's good. Okay. I agree. I, I'm right there because one thing that you said, okay, is the hunt. Okay. Yeah. The hunt for these cards is, it's also hype. Right. Like as I'm hunting, searching for these cards, like once I find it, no. then I'm just like, oh, like, like when <laughs> I found the when I found the secret layers for Primeval Titan, yeah. I was very happy. Yeah. And like they, um, the, the most recent Modern Horizon set, they they did the bounce lands. Yeah. They had the full art. <laughs> The full art bounce lands, you better believe I got play right. sets of all those. Right. And I was like, my deck looks gorgeous. <laughs> it looks gorgeous. And I was very happy. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I, I, I'm right there with you. Like, I agree. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's a good thing for the game um, as a whole and the product. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think whether or not you think these are cash grabs, because some of them definitely are. Okay. <laughs> But again, the, all businesses cash grab. Like, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like that's what they're there for. They okay? need money exactly. to survive. And that leads into the third key ingredient. So we've talked about playability. We've talked about collectability. And then the third one is profitability. Yes. Okay. If you have a game that's playable and that's also somewhat collectible, but the people making the game are losing money. Do you think that game is going to be around for much longer? No. Nope. Because they're not making money. Yeah. They can't keep making more products. Correct. They can't keep paying people for more artwork. They can't keep paying the balance team to keep working on stuff. Mm -hmm. There's nothing they can do. For good or bad, you you have these games have to be profitable for the people making the games. Period. They have to, yeah. because if they're not, you're not going to get your game. Yeah. <laughs> you're not. Yeah. And so, and, and, and again, that, that is why, you know, we, we've talked about board games and card games and like the big differences. Right. But with these board games, it's a, it's an experience in a box and it's yeah. a one, it's, it's a one-time thing. And what I, what I mean by that is it's all contained in that one box. Yeah. You buy it the one time and then you're done. But with the card, these card games, it's a completely different thing, right? Because you buy your cards, yeah. you buy your packs, but if you want the game to continue to flourish and grow, they need to keep making more cards and meet, which means you need to give them more money. <laughs> and so it's a very different thing. Like the people who make the board game, if that company, like you, if you enjoy that one game, you don't care if that company goes out of business or not. I, I'm not meaning to say like you really don't care, but yeah. because you have that game, that's it. Like you, you have that experience. You can play that game for the rest of eternity, mm-hmm. and whether or not the company goes out of business does nothing for you in your enjoyment of the game. You just need to have you know your family or your group 
whoever you play with, and yeah. then you're done. Like you, you, you're good to go. Okay. Yeah. But with card games, competitive card games specifically, it's a completely different thing. So we talked about like when we were talking about collectability, we were talking about profitability, like unintentionally, intentionally, whatever. Yeah. Like these, they got to be profitable. I mean, it's but but I feel like sometimes when I when I point that out, like people don't like it. It's like, dude, it's 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 a reality, man. <laughs> like I understand, like Wizards of the Coast. I understand Wizards of the Coast printing, doing these secret layers, being in cash trap. Like I get it. I get it, but yeah. bro, they gotta make money. Their shareholders yeah. want need money. Yeah. They want to and make. Not to they, mention, they want to make more money. Not to mention, like the people that like those cards, they might even just want a new variant of their card to just mm-hmm. now add into their deck. Correct. Right. So Correct. it's yeah, it's a hundred percent them getting into the secondary market and benefiting off of that. Mm-hmm. But it's also if if uh, if it was a bad product, right? No one would be buying it. So mm-hmm. there's definitely people out there that are glad they're doing this. For sure, for sure. So I, I've got I've got two different groups of people down written down here for, for under this. Okay. So I've got profitability for the designer, the creator slash publisher. Okay. <laughs> they're the ones making the game, right? But also there's another group of people that I think are just as much invested into this, uh, and they're they're viewing it from the angle of profitability. Yeah. Are other investors? Yeah. People investing into the card game themselves mm-hmm. because they want to make money. Yep. And that's another that's another group of people where again you have a lot of players who are like, I don't like you in in the in my game because you are affecting the prices of these cards, right? But again, it's if they pour money into it, you know, then the creators, public they're they're seeing money. It's again, it's the world runs on money. Yep. businesses run on money, you know, and like, it, I, I'm sorry, <laughs> but like, it's, it's, it's a, tr- it's true. It, it really is true. Yep. And so that's where that's, that's the rub. That really is the rub. <laughs> it really, really is. You know, um, if, if, again, if you are trying to design a game and you know, you're saying, and that's oh, I talk about Ashes Reborn earlier. The fact that this is a spicy take is so weird to me. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but but again, like I mentioned Ashes Reborn earlier, right? And and Isaac Vega. Okay. Yeah. I commend I very much respect his stance and why he designed his game. You know, we've got it. I, the box is over here, all the yeah. cards are over there, right? Yeah. It's an, a very fun game. We really like that game. Okay. Yeah. It's really cool. Um but I think if you design a game like that, it's harder. It's not impossible. I just think it's harder to see a lot of profits come in in the card game space specifically. The thing with it, right? Like earlier, you said Ashes were born. Yeah. They originally had Ashes Rise of the Phoenix born. And oh, this yeah. is the exact same game, but Rise of the Phoenix born stopped. I don't know exactly what happened, now, but they stopped making the game. Now, that was... A, was that a TCG or was that an e- that, That's was, the exact same thing. It was the exact same thing. It's okay, the exact okay. same thing. Okay. All right. I didn't know if they, they turned it from a yeah. TCG into a yeah. Rise of the, Rise of the Phoenix Born is the exact same thing as uh Ashes Reborn. Reborn. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So it was like it was it was it was a game that died and then got it was brought a game back to that life. died and now it's a reborn. Because which is the I don't want to say because of Team Covenant, but Team Covenant definitely had a hand yeah. in helping it um 
be born again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, yes, you know, like he had this way of it, but for whatever reason, maybe it just wasn't profitable. Um, and mm-hmm. if that was a really yeah. big case, well then you can't continue the game unless you now know that there is more people who want to yeah. be playing it and they want you to bring it back. And, and, and that's what team covenant did was yeah. like, they got, um, they were like, oh, look, if you want to see this game come back, you need to sign up for, uh, um, sign up for like a pre-order or something. And like then their subscription, it was their subscription yeah. service. But like, if we got so many people to sign up for it, that's the threshold they needed yeah. to basically make m- enough money to where they'll see, they'll see that it's profitable yeah. essentially. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a perfect, it's a perfect example, right. Yeah. Of exactly what we're talking about. Now, again, that game is playable. There's no collectability aspect to that game. <laughs> There's not not a single yeah, one. I mean, I, I should I shouldn't say that because um, when they come out with new product, it's just they've got more packs. Yeah, because you can buy you can buy the base set, okay, yes. and then have all the cards in the base set. But if you want the newer heroes or or Phoenix Born, excuse me, and yeah. the newer cards, you just buy the new packs. So like the new set cards. that drops, go buy correct, it. Correct, correct, so it's, correct, correct. Yeah. So that's why I say it's a it's little. Not really. It's it's a little. It's still not a little. all right so um before we move on do you have any final thoughts uh, about either three of these either three of these points that you kind of want to touch i don't think so i think i kind of threw in everything i wanted to okay all right so again let's recapping our three ingredients for a successful tcg uh I mean, I, I think it's a successful card game. I really do think it's a successful card game because even these expandable games, if they're not having those three, I yeah. think that's why a lot of the a lot of expandable ones die um, or have died in the past, I should say. Right. Um, the first one, we've got playability slash accessibility, the slash there. Um, the second is collectability. And again, collectability... Oh, Collectability can take many forms. I found out what the collectability in these living card games is. Sure. When it's on Kickstarter, they have the <laughs> Kickstarter exclusives. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> that's all I got. But, dude, but honestly, that's why these people go on yeah. Kickstarter. Yeah. Like, that's. And people get upset that oh it's there. Oh, my. I know, there. dude. Oh, they get upset I that it's I, there. Dude, I can't. <laughs> I can't, man. Why do you think they do it? Because they know people are going to buy it. And so they're going to get, they're going to make more money. Yeah. They also get an idea of how much they need to be making as well. Correct. Correct. That is another. It gives you an, it gives backers an incentive. Yeah. Like. If it's like an uh, indie company, essentially some startup, like it's, it's really good to be getting that. It is. When it's a triple A name that's just going on there. It's like, all right, sure. Because they're like, oh, we destroyed our kickstarter goal it's like all right you kind of knew you're gonna destroy your kickstarter <laughs> goal let's be honest but again but again we like um what what was it dc deck building in cryptozoic yeah, yeah. okay they also do it for the hype factor too, yeah yeah a hundred percent so i don't like i i'm sorry i don't begrudge any company who rides yeah, these no. who 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 <laughs> takes advantage of these like you, i don't have you seen I don't. the ones where it's like we we destroyed our goal in less than one minute yeah. it's like come <laughs> on that means why are you here <laughs> but it doesn't matter to me but, I, but I also um helped you do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah true, true. Uh, all right so playability <laughs> we've got collectability and then the last one is profitability yeah um, 
question of the day, what do you think? Do you agree with our three? Do you think there are any other ingredients that are necessary for sure for a successful card game? Sure. But honestly, I think I think they all are going to boil down to these three. Yeah, because I, I was trying to think that, and I'm like, I really think every like if you come up with another one, it's going to fall under one of these three categories. Yeah. I really, really do. And like I said, they are these are three distinct categories, but they all work together. Yep. And again, depending on your input into this game, right? You're going to think, like I said, as a consumer, as a player, I think playability is going to be the most important thing that I am looking for. Mm -hmm. If you're a collector, then you're going to look at the collectability aspect. Yep. Okay. Excuse me. Wow. Um, <laughs> but if you are a designer and you're the one making it, you are looking, you're, you're looking at profitability. Yeah. Okay. And so if people aren't buying it, well, why aren't people buying it? Is it because they can't collect? Is it because they can't play? Why, why is it not profitable? Is it a bad game? Yes. Probably. Yeah. So again, I think it's, it's one of these three things. So um, let us know if you've gotten ideas, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, leave us a comment down below. Let us know what you think. And if you're listening, shoot us an email. Um, let's get the conversation started. Um, if you've got other ideas, we'd love to know. So, all right. What does that lead us into, Jim? What do we talk about? Yes. Finally, <laughs> after 3,000 years, I'm awake. The card of the week. It's the card of the week. It's Jim. So, so we are talking about a it's Magic the Gathering card this week. Yes. Um, it's from Jim's favorite color. But it is actually, uh, this is a card I really like. Yes. Because it's for my favorite color. Because it's a great card. It's uh, a good card. The card is Tireless Tracker. Yeah. So Tireless Tracker um, is from Shadows Over Innistrad. Yeah. Right? It's a three drop, two and a green. Creature, human, scout, a three, two. Um, whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, investigate. So in order to investigate, you put a colorless clue artifact token onto the battlefield with, you pay two, sacrifice this artifact, draw a card. But then so, more. so right, because that alone is a great, <laughs> That's effect. A great effect. That's a great <laughs> effect. But um, he also, or she, she also yeah. has, whenever you sacrifice a clue, put a plus one, plus one counter on tireless she tracker. big. You can get this tireless track ma massive. Dude, dude, it's so good. When you play this on turn four and you're like, now I'm going to drop a fetch land. Go get that Go get that clue. Crack this fetch land. Yep. Either on your opponent's turn or your yep. turn. And you now have two clues with four mana up. Oh, and now you can tap two to break a clue, two to break a oh, clue. Dude. And now you're sitting at a solid five, four. <laughs> That's crazy, <laughs> it's man. Great. It's, it's so good. <laughs> so I, I, use this, draw two cards. I use this card in um, my Lands Matter deck yep. for a commander. Um, <laughs> like any, if you play any sort of lands matter uh, synergies in yeah. in your decks, you're run. If you're not running tireless tracker, you're wrong. Oh, you are so wrong. Dude. It's such a good card. So good. I mean, it has every like <laughs> land like most lands matter decks are doing some <laughs> form of uh, landfall synergies, yeah. landfall yeah. triggers. Okay, and there's this is a landfall trigger. Okay, yep. but again, getting counters and drawing cards. Like, what more do you want? Yeah. Like. That's literally what my entire deck is doing. It's just all about counters, tokens. Yeah. Uh, it's, oh, it's so good. Like this card is just, it's so, it can get out of hand real yeah. quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Because you're always playing lands. Mm -hmm. You're always playing lands. Being able – so there is definitely sometimes, you know, if you're playing a lands matter, you could have zero lands in your deck at some point in the yeah, game. that's true. And if this is just chilling out on the board and you're like, I got now got 20 clues, but I also have like 30 mana. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, all right, well, I'm going to be able to draw like at least half of my deck now. Yes, yeah. So it's just like, oh, that's a lot of value on stuff, especially – since you can do it instant speed, go into your turn, crack all those things, draw your entire deck, and then just play whatever it is all you right. need. So there's so many, there's so many amazing synergies you can have with this card. Oh right? yeah, so many. Okay, <laughs> here's a couple of my favorites. I'm just gonna give you two of my favorites. Okay. okay? All right, all right. Um, fetch number, land. No, any well, any <laughs> okay. fetch land. Okay, fetch I mean land. any fetch land, right? But number one is doubling season. Mm. Okay, doubling season because. Landfall, you get two clues. Yeah. And when you crack a clue, you get two plus one plus one counters. Ooh. That's ooh, why that's it's good. so yeah, it's got one of the best ones. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Plus plus ancient green warden. Ancient, ancient green ancient green warden. Okay. Basically doubles up your landfall triggers. Okay. And you can play lands out of your graveyard. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me. I want. I want to make sure I'm telling you the truth here. You know, card I also like with this Renin Six. Oh, <laughs> go get land back from your graveyard. Oh, dude. <laughs> fetch. Get two more clues. Do it again next turn. Fetch. Renin, get Renin two more Six. Clues. Renin Six is one. When 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 that came out in Modern Horizons, I made yeah. sure to get one dude, specifically so for my lands commander so deck. Good. Um. Yeah. So Ancient Green Warden is a six drop. Five, seven, four and two green. Okay. It's an elemental with reach. Yep. You may play lands from your graveyard. Okay. okay. Which is already uh, it's crucible, crucible of world's effect. Yep. Uh, amazing. But if a land entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. Oh. So Ancient Green Warden plus doubling season, one land gets you four clues. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah green turns out is bust <laughs> green can do some pretty stupid things yeah um, who would have thought yeah right who thought? so um yeah you know, blue can do is i could say no yes that's very true i could say well green actually has a lot of cards that are like well you can't say no mm -hmm. can't tell me no for my creatures <laughs> that's the one thing like my deck is it's jund yeah. it's just it's no blue i'm like yeah, I really wish it was like <sighs> Simic or something, or you know, <laughs> right. band. Just you give me soul the tie. Oh, a soul yeah. tie. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. But uh, uh, needless to say, I'm playing um like Wind Grace, so yeah. like I want the Jun. Yeah. Need the Jun colors. So yeah, yeah Tireless Tracker is a great card. <laughs> Love this card. So all right, that is this week's card of the week. Jim, what do you think of Tireless Tracker? Ooh, it's it's probably it's I would say it's in my top five favorite green cards. Really? What's yes. your what's your what's your number one? What's your number one favorite green card? Uh, do, well, do, right. did you we did counting, you go ahead? I was gonna say, are we counting hybrid colors or is it mono green? Mono green. Mono green, probably goif. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Probably goif. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, Tarmogoyf. Uh, Tarmogoyf's pretty good. Pretty yeah, good, yeah. Pretty good, so. Uh, the one Hydra boy's in there, your Hydra dude. I forget Oh, Gargos. Yeah, Gargos yes, is in that list. Yes, yes. He's, he's a monster. Yes, I love Gargos. 
I need to play that deck yep. soon. So, all right. Well, that's all we got for you guys this week. Uh, I, I enjoyed this episode. I really enjoyed this topic. Um, and I think I think this is a conversation that I really like having with anyone in the card game community yeah. because I, I like to get other people's takes. Um, but honestly, I think I'm right. Like, I think really this is <laughs> – I think these really are it. I think these are the three things that every card game needs to look at and kind of needs to make sure they have in their game somehow in order for them to be successful. You look at the big three, you look at Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, and Magic, and I think they check off each of those boxes in one way or another. Yeah, I'm, I'm like trying to go back and think about some of the old card games that were out there of like the original Dragon Ball Z card game mm-hmm. and Digimon. It's like those weren't like playable at all. Mm. And like it had some collectability to it. Yeah. But those weren't playable at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and like... Apparently, the profit for it wasn't good at all, so then, like, they kind of just fell off the face of and the earth. And it's probably because they weren't playable. Like, yeah. prof- like profitability is, is that thing yeah. that you can look at the why in so many different yeah. ways, so many different terms. Yeah. So, um, but... Anyway, uh, thanks everybody for being here. I really enjoyed this 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 week's episode. Okay. If you've got thoughts and ideas, be sure to shoot us an email, hobbiesandhappiness at gmail.com. Um, but you know what, Jim? Where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Jim Morgan HNH. You guys can find me on Instagram at Daniel.g.campbell and on Twitter at underscore DJ Campbell. If you head over to our website, www.hobbiesandhappiness.com, you find links to all of our social content there. Um, find links to pretty much everything, YouTube. Uh, we've got everything pretty much posted there, and I do need to update our website. Um, however, you can still find links <laughs> to all of our content at our website. Um, so, again, thanks, everybody, for being here. Looking forward to next week's episode. Um, and, guys, you know, I'm really enjoying all these topics that we're talking about on the podcast. Yeah, um, yeah. been having a blast over the last few weeks just yeah. talking about all these different uh, topics and really, honestly, relating everything to Disney Lorcana in one yeah. way or another. So <laughs> I really like looking forward to a, a game mm-hmm. and then just having all of these uh, topics and just kind of talking about it in that sense of what can this game do to emulate a thing, for example. So um, if you can't tell, looking forward to Lorcana. But again, thanks everybody for being here. We will catch you in the next episode. See everybody. Take care.